Let's listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house this morning. Thank you for listening to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, now in our sixth season. This is Dr. Ron, your host and publisher. Hopefully today we will have good audio and we can get through this podcast. I have to tell you that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And with that, I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because happiness, ladies and gentlemen, is a lifestyle. And more than ever, we have to use our formidable individual powers of logic and imagination. Logic is essentially grounding and stabilizing. When you use logic, you can analyze any situation or cluster of information and see through to its validity or invalidity beyond deception. Rather than just taking what is given to you on the nightly news or in the newspapers or by the bureaucratic physicians who are running this pandemic lockdown. And we have to have our imagination. We have to, that because that keeps you soaring and allows you to see your greatest vision for your life and therefore acting appropriately. So please try and keep a positive attitude during these uh, troubling times. Uh, keep your mind active, keep your body active. Uh, get outside for 30 minutes a, a day if you can. Uh, you know, call a friend, stay in touch with your family and friends. And gratitude will literally rewire your brain to make you happier. And you will then be in control of your body. You will be the CEO. And then you know you have the right to ask questions and get answers before you allow anything to be done to it. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with what I, a few things I wanted to talk to you about today. So, we've been told how many hundreds of thousands of deaths there are from this coronavirus. And I've been telling you, because it's on the CDC website, that only 6% of that number are people that died from COVID and not with COVID. And that the CDC inflated the COVID death numbers by over 1,600%. And I can tell you this is being uh, adjudicated now and, and I probably, well, not probably. I mean, lawsuits should come, but they probably won't be. But let, listen to this. This is from John Hopkins University, the, the university funded by Bill Gates. Okay. According to Brian, B-R-I-N-D, not only has COVID-19 had no effect on the percentages of deaths of older people, but it has also not increased the total numbers of deaths. There is no evidence that COVID-19 created any excess deaths. Total death numbers are not above normal deaths. We found no evidence to the contrary, he concluded. So basically, Briand is saying that there is no difference in the total death rates between 2019 and 2020. This is by Genevieve Briand. She's Assistant Program Director of Applied Economics, Master's Degree Program at Hopkins, and critically analyzed the effect of COVID-19 on U.S. deaths. And she used data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Just think about that. Where are these extra 500,000 deaths? Well, could it be? Is it possible that we didn't have any, many, uh, Flu deaths, we usually have 60 to 65,000. Could it be that those deaths then were just allocated to COVID and not called flu? Could it be that anybody that died of a heart attack or a stroke or cancer that had a positive COVID test were, were branded as COVID and not branded as what they actually died from? So Brian noted that 50 to 70,000 deaths are seen both before and after COVID-19, indicating that this number of deaths was normal long before this COVID-19 emerged. She states, not only has COVID-19 had no effect on the percentage of deaths of older people, but it has also not increased the total number of deaths. The data suggests, in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. As of 11-14, in 2019, there were 2,855,000 2,855,000 deaths. 
As of November 14, 2020, 2,512,880. At that rate, it is expected that there would be a 1.12% increase in overall mortality rate for 22. Not a sweeping pandemic by any sense of the imagination. And in 1990, 1919, there was a 1.12% increase. So where did this pandemic go? I just, again, this is, these are numbers you're not going to hear on the nightly news. Okay. You're going to get them from shows like this one and uh, alternative sources like the Robert F. Kennedy, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, other people that look at the numbers with a critical eye. Remember I told you, you have to use logic and you have to be control. You have to see everything that's happening. Okay, so that's the John Hopkins number. We're going to close that down. Now, John Hopkins again. Everybody talks about John Hopkins. A doctor from John Hopkins predicts Americans could have COVID-19 herd immunity by April. This doctor is a health policy expert and is Dr. Marty Macary, M-A-K-A-R-Y. He says that COVID-19 cases are down 76%. And he says this is not just due to the vaccine. He is a surgeon. He's a professor at the John Hopkins School of Medicine. Everybody's been talking about John Hopkins, even though a lot of their money comes from Gates. He says not enough vaccines have been distributed to, to account for this 76% drop. I'll give you my take on this also. And he also says the, the strict protocols for face masking, social distancing, et cetera, whatever you know there are there coronaviruses have been around for a long time there's probably 60 of them we've never had a successful vaccine against them yet so macri thinks most doctors are not talking about this because they do not want people to get complacent He's, he, he still toes the line about mass and social distancing, but he says we need to start preparing to get back to everyday life. In other words, he's just hedging. He doesn't want to go too far out on the limb, okay, because he's at the esteemed John Hopkins. So do you remember uh, last week I talked about the PCR tests? You know, uh, a flawed test right from the get-go never meant to diagnose a viral illness. The FDA, CDC were advising labs to spin this, to, to have cycles of, they call CT, cycle thresholds, amplifying any particle 40 times. That guaranteed a 90 to 97% false positive rate. Then in August, Fauci got called out and he said that was too high. He said it should be down around 25 to have any significance. 
And that sort of was buried because Fauci flip-flops like a IHOP pancake. And as some commentators have said, his cheese looks like it's sliding off the bread. He's 80 years old. When he came into that position, 12% of children had chronic diseases. Now it's up to 54%. And just as an aside, we started vaccinating kids in 1989 with 36 shots before six months of age. It's, it's really ridiculous. But getting back to the PCR test. So now they come out with the vaccine, and now everybody has religion. And now they're only doing the test at 20 to 25 cycle thresholds. And all of a sudden, all the positives are going away. So obviously, the numbers of cases are going down. And it isn't due to the vaccine. It's due to the testing. And you can go online and look about, look, uh, about what other scientists around the world are saying about this testing. And they put that long swab up your nose and it's painful. If that, if that swab is dirty or contaminated like they, they were early in the game when we got them from China, did you catch COVID from that? So uh, I have to go back to uh, the uh, radio board and ask Dr. Susie if we're doing good with the, with the audio. We have a dear friend of the show, uh, Dr. Susie, who monitors and uh, gives me some critical opinions about how we're doing. And uh, we rely on her for each, almost each and every show. So, uh, okay, so we can put this window down for a while. I thank you for that. All right, so we had John Hopkins doctors, ladies and gentlemen. John Hopkins. Incredible, right? All right, so I want to ask you a question. I'm not for, or I'm not telling you to be for or against the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just for transparency. So if you ask whoever's giving you the jab, will it stop me from getting COVID? If they're honest with you, they're going to say no, because it's not a vaccine. Will it stop me from spreading COVID? The answer is no, because it's not a vaccine. Has it been long-term safety tested on humans? The answer has to be no. It's only been out for a couple months. Have there been any deaths and injuries caused to date? The answer has to be yes. Are the makers liable for any of these damages, injuries, or death? The answer is not at all. They are not liable for anything. They made sure of that. Norway, 23 elderly people died after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. In Germany, 13 out of 40 residents of one nursing home died after being vaccinated. In Spain, 46 nursing home residents who received Pfizer's vaccine died within the course of one month. In Florida, the middle-aged, there was a middle-aged doctor who died from an unusual blood disorder, immune thrombocytopenia purpura. He couldn't clot. He died. In California, 60-year-old x-ray technologist received a second dose of Pfizer vaccine. A few hours later, later, had trouble breathing. He was hospitalized and died four days later. A 78-year-old woman in California died immediately after being vaccinated. 
A former Detroit News anchor died just one day after receiving the vaccine. Also in Michigan, a 90-year-old man died the day after receiving the vaccine. In Kentucky, two nuns at a monastery died and more than two dozen others tested positive in a sudden COVID-19 outbreak that began two days after the nuns were vaccinated. In Virginia, a 58-year-old grandmother died within hours of receiving the vaccine. And these are being shared on Facebook. Even though the fact checkers or whatever they're called are doing their utmost to discredit them, they're there. The heartbreak. And there's been, oh, I forget, 1,100 deaths reported. And remember, only 1% of deaths are reported to the vaccine information hotline. Okay, so there's been like 1,100, there's been over 11,000 other injuries. Okay. So just facts that you should know about. And it is amazing. I, I talked to a dear friend this morning, how people are taking selfies and they're so proud that they got this investigational drug put into their bodies. They are, believe it or not, they are part of the study. They, they skipped animals to go right to humans. And this, this study will not be completed until 2023. And we'll have humans as guinea pigs. So I'm not going to get into too much of the science, in fact, not at all today, but here's a very smart rabbi who states 31 reasons why he will never receive the COVID-19. He says it's not a vaccine. A vaccine, by definition, provides immunity to a disease. This does not provide immunity to anything. It merely reduces your chance of getting a severe case of the virus if you catch it. Hence, it's a medical treatment, not a vaccine. I do not want to take a medical treatment for an illness I do not have. But you notice how everybody, media, the establishment, even your local doctors, they don't realize this is not a vaccine, but they have joined forces to refer to it as a vaccine when it is not one. Why are they doing this? Are they trying to manipulate people into feeling it's safer to have a vaccine than a gene-altering therapy? The presumed benefits of this medical treatment are minimal and would last not last long in any case. So these shots are already talking about a sec, a third and fourth shot. So this rabbi says, I refuse to turn myself into a chronic patient who receives injections of new pharmaceutical products on a regular basis simply to reduce my chances of getting a severe case of the virus that this injection does not prevent. He says, and maybe he heard my podcast, like one year ago, I started saying you have to have a superior interior. I can reduce my chances of getting severe cases of a virus by strengthening my immune system naturally. 
The drug companies, remember, ladies and gentlemen, have zero reliability. If anything goes wrong, they cannot be sued. I'm not going to go into what's going on in Israel. You can read that, but the the prime minister there has opened up everybody's medical records to the world for this experiment. And know this, the executives and board members at Pfizer are on record that they have not taken their own treatment. Why? They're claiming that they would consider it unfair to cut the line. They don't want to go in front of anybody else. That line, ladies and gentlemen, is a figment of their own imagination. And everybody's accepting this without question or concern. Oh, Pfizer executives, they're so they're self-sacrificing. You know, 10 shots out of 60 million wouldn't make a difference. Personally, uh, you know, I don't know how much would it take to go to the back of the line after see after seeing this. So the rabbi says three facts that must be put together. Bill Gates is touting these vaccines as essential to, to the survival of the human race. Bill Gates believes the world has too many people and needs to be quote unquote depopulated. Bill Gates, perhaps the richest man in the world, has also not been injected. No rush. The rabbi says, I'll pass. He says that the establishment has been entirely one-sided in celebrating this treatment. No kidding. He says there is an intense propaganda campaign for people to take this treatment. Politicians, celebrities, we were just talking about selfies. It is a heck of a marketing campaign, isn't it? And we do have a medical treatment for this disease. In fact, it just came out this week that ivermectin, something I've told you about, is 75% effective in getting rid of COVID. One cc per 100 pounds. And it even comes as a, as a pace, but I'm, we'll get into that on Tuesday. So if you raise concerns about this medical treatment, like uh, Robert F. Kennedy has done and Sherry Tenpenny has done and, and Dr. Lee Merritt has done and Dr. Cahill has done, they are being bullied, slandered, mocked, censored, ostracized. And some and the frontline doctors, Dr. Simeone has been fired from her job and others have been fired from their jobs. And they had a science-based concern about this whole affair, about the horrible reactions that occurred, about the deaths that occurred shortly after being injected. Why are they being purged so you cannot hear them? And none of them say they're against the vaccine. They just want transparency and they want to know what's in this vaccine. We don't even know everything that's in this vaccine. The rabbi thinks that this is the greatest medical experiment in the history of the human race. 
And the fact that it is a a medical experiment at all is being severely downplayed. In fact, there are people talking about the Nuremberg principles. In fact, the Germans used their population as guinea pigs. They used twins. They used human beings. So when the trials came up at Nuremberg, then there were Nuremberg principles that said that no one can be injected with an experimental uh, treatment unless they are fully aware and give their consent. So where they up front with uh, everybody? Do you think if they were up front with everything going on with these injections, how many people would agree to participate in this experiment? My own profession is not informing people about any of this. My own profession has become a marketing agent for these drugs. Do no harm. We took an oath. Do no harm. And, you, and, and the population, as the rabbi says, we are being pressured in various ways to get injected, which violates medical ethics and the foundations of a democratic society. He says the government has sealed their protocol related to the virus and treatments for 30 years. He wants transparency. He says the government can share our personal medical data with foreign corporations, but they won't share their own protocol on this matter. A lot of people are getting injected, there's no doubt. But how many of them have studied or listened to the science, carefully weighed the benefits against the risks? And how many were told that there are are alternatives, alternative medical treatments, which are quite successful, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and like I told you this past Tuesday, lysine, okay, and for prevention, quercetin, vitamin C, I mean, there are options. And are we going to trust the drug companies to tell us what is good for us? The rabbi says, indeed, horror stories are already coming in at warp speed. But the politicians are not the least bit concerned. The medical establishment is brushing them aside. It's unrelated or negligible. Before the vaccine, everything was COVID. After the vaccine, it was it's a coincidence that they died. Because before the vaccine, they wanted those COVID numbers up where they got them now, 500,000. They named everything COVID. You could have died in a car accident, in a motorcycle accident, fell off a building. It was COVID. You didn't even need a test toward the end, toward the end of that uh, period. You just had to presume you had COVID. How many people have died shortly after getting injected? Healthy people. But it was just a coincidence. So the rabbi says, I see all the lies, corruption, propaganda, manipulation, and censorship, bullying and violation of medical ethics, lack of integrity in the scientific process, suppression of adverse reactions, dismissal of legitimate concerns, etc. Lack of true concern for human life. I mean... 
I mean, even the Pope, for some reason now, is allowing abortions because there were aborted fetuses to make these vaccines. So the rabbi is going to put his trust in God. He says, I will use the mind he blessed me with and trust my natural instincts. So that that's a rabbi. I mean, pretty well thought out response. Okay, just a couple of things. I've talked to you about chemicals in our environment. And researchers now, there's more and more articles coming out about researchers sounding the alarm about these harmful chemicals. I talked talk to you about how they are hormone disruptors. And it's bad enough, our IQ has dropped by nine points. Uh, men's sperm counts are dropping uh, like uh, Niagara Falls. Fertility issues, endocrine disruptions. How about many people with asthma now? Antibiotic resistance. Well, these all these chemicals are causing all of this. Now that that circles me back to the vaccine, which is cause can cause decreased sperm counts in men, and it can cause a women's placenta not to adhere adhere to the uterus. So, is this a human concern that we may not have any more human beings if men cannot fertilize the egg, and if they do get lucky and fertilize the egg, it will not grow in a woman's uterus. Now they're really concerned about these quaternary ammonium compounds. And I got to tell you that in 1987 to 89, when I studied with Hans Nieper in Germany, he wouldn't even allow at that time a dishwashing detergents because they were quaternary ammonium compounds. I mean, even though they, they, and they killed bacteria, fungi, and viruses, and they were good disinfectants. He was concerned about the human effect and the environmental effect, especially fertility and endocrine problems. And just think, you know, how much bacterial resistance we have, how much of all these products, how much is it contributing to all this? You know? And there's no doubt that some of these experiments are done with really large, large doses, but you know, maybe we need more. We need people to follow up on this. And some people are saying, you know, we're, we're getting sick because of toxicity, the toxicity, not of chemical, not only of chemicals, but of the electromagnetic fields. How do you know if you're toxic? Well, I'll give you a few things to tell you you're toxic. If you're constantly tired, now, if you're not sleeping well at night, that might be a problem. But if you're always tired throughout the day, it may be it's because your body is working hard to get rid of toxins, using up a lot of energy. So then you start drinking more coffee and, and, and drinks, and that doesn't help. But if your acne, your skin condition is, not, is, is pretty bad. Could be toxins. Okay. And there's, you know, could be the stress that you're going through, maybe eating too much carbohydrates. If you have a lot of itching skin, if your organs of your body can't take care of the toxins in your body, you know, 
your largest organ is your skin, right? Your skin will eliminate those excess, excess toxins when you sweat. So if these, your pores get clogged, you have an allergic reaction. You start itching. Bad breath that even brushing won't take care of could be toxins. So how else do you eliminate waste besides sweating? Well, through your, your bowels, right? If you're constipated, you cannot eliminate all the waste. Then you're going to keep storing up toxins and they will get absorbed back into your body. And if you're overwhelmed with toxins, insomnia is another symptom that you may be overwhelmed. If you have a strong reaction to different smells, you could be toxically overloaded. If you have a lot of muscle aches and pains, if you suffer from them and you didn't work out the day before, toxins can stimulate pain in your muscles and joints. And if you have a lot of, if you're overweight, you know, that, yeah, and your body is doing its best to get rid of the toxins, so it's storing them in the fat so you don't get, you don't die. And you're doing everything, you're everything right. You're exercising, watching your diet. You're not losing weight. It could be the toxins because a lot of toxins we call are lipophilic. That means they, they, they adhere to fat. So they're stored in the fat. So, you know, that's why we always say stay hydrated, high fiber diet, manage your stress, exercise. Okay. Really important. Used to be a time, right, when uh, men didn't have to worry about fertility. And we already talked about, yeah, goodbye, John Wayne, because men are uh, getting effeminate. Sperm production is going down. TV dinners, oh, my God. There's so much we could go on. Dr. Tenpenny, I heard her talk to you, uh, two days ago. She said there's 40,000 adverse events from this uh, vaccine. 5,000 neurologic reactions, which includes Bell's palsy, numbness, headaches. She says there's been 36 coronaviruses over the last 60 years. No vaccine has been successful yet. And all the excipients in these vaccines she says, have never been used. There's three of them never been used before and never tested individually or in combination. And of course, there's never been a test to see if you got a flu shot a couple months before and then you get the uh, uh, COVID shot, you know, if, how that's going to react. Okay, so I just want to bring you up to date because it's, it's you're not getting this stuff on the evening news. You're just not getting it. So we have Dr. Uh, Susie just uh, monitoring the program. And uh, thank you, Dr. Susie. Uh, I'll explain to you what happened today. Every, there's always something happening on our program. Okay, so I've been telling you about megaspores. Just let me just tell you that probiotics are living, live organisms that provide health benefits to the host, that's us. To, to help our, our microbes in our gut, our intestinal flora be healthy because 80% of our immunity is in our gut. That's why I say you have to have a superior interior. 
And those of you who have listened to my program for these last six years know I like spore-based probiotics. And what are they? Spores are endospores. They're like dormant seeds of bacteria. And they don't get active until the conditions are hospitable. They have an outer coat that's resistant to extreme heat, acidity, radiations, and chemicals. So their, their, their payload is preserved so it gets to the intestines where it's needed. And people say, what about prebiotics? Well, what is a prebiotic? A lot, I understand a lot of people don't know that prebiotics are compounds, typically fibers that help feed the beneficial microorganisms in our gut. They're non-digestible, but they're needed by the gut. How about postbiotics? Well, they are also, are, are also non-viable bacterial or metabolic process that can benefit the host, us, and our intestines, where our immunity is. But the postbiotics are essentially a waste product or a fermentation byproduct. They are created when probiotics use, utilize the prebiotics. So anyway, that's something you really don't have to worry about. The postbiotics are natural byproducts. They're created in the gut, but they, they, it's part of nature. They actually help your, your uh, microbiome. Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. And... Um, I'm just looking at my notes here. I think I've told you what I, which you're not getting on the mainstream news. Okay. You're not getting this stuff. I will uh, tell you to, to check out Robert F. Kennedy and children's health defense. Okay. I did recently receive an article this morning about a whistleblower uh, talking about forced vaccinations in German nursing homes. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that next, next show. After I have a chance to look it over. And if you have not ever heard about ivermectin, if you're new, a new listener, it's a, it's a um, drug that's been used to treat, by, like my friend Dr. Um, Wong says, goats. It's cheap. It's effective. That's the problem. And that latest study I talked to you about, reduce hospitalizations and deaths by about 75%. There's 30 trials going on right now about this drug. And you know, you can get it at a at a feed store. 1 cc per 100 pounds. Half a cc for 50 pounds. We talked about the manipulation of the PCR test. That's going to be an ongoing story and one you're going to hear more about. You're going to hear more about prion diseases, P-R-I-O-N. They are neurological diseases like ALS, multiple sclerosis, because it seems that this lipid nanoparticle that's part of this injection, this gene injection they're calling a vaccine, goes right to the brain. And if you're susceptible, you're, you know, that's how you're getting the Bell's palsy and these other neurological conditions. So you can't believe uh, everything you read and hear on television because they're all part of uh, get your shot. Everybody needs a shot. Well, if, we're all, if we are already by April, we're going to be herd immunity. You know, and then you need booster shots along the way. And we don't know all the 
long-term effects yet. If you want to get scared by a woman that is so well qualified as incredible, search Dr. Dolores Cahill, C-A-H-I-L-L. Listen to what she has to say, what's going to happen a few months down the road. So ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, with our good friend, Dr. Susie, uh, monitoring our audio and content. Make sure I don't get off track because I have a tendency to do that. So our normal program is at 4 o'clock on Tuesdays, uh, but we, we get in on Saturday when everybody's around just to bring up to date on some news that you're, I don't think you can read about. So with that being said, uh, we are on every you know, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Alexa. You know, if you if, if you can't tune in live, or you can come back here to Podbean, docronradio.podbean.com, and you'll see all three hundred and close to four hundred episodes. If you're looking for something uh, really interesting to listen to and you have like an hour and a half, uh, there is a podcast we did with Dr. Wong. Wong. It's an hour and 37 minutes. It's called All the Diseases Likely to Kill You and What to Do About Them. And Dr. Wong has a supplement company and his company makes the strongest systemic enzyme available. It's called Zymessence. And you stop producing enzymes in your body when you're 27 to 29 years old. And, you know, and then you're, you're just running on what you made when you were younger. But enzymes are important for your health. If you're looking for a show other than <clears throat> COVID that I've done, uh, also uh, look at something by Professor Peskin, where he explains how marine lipids are toxic. They are cold water fish antifreeze and that there's a better alternative. With that being said, thank you for your time. I appreciate it and hope to bring you some uh, interesting material on Tuesday. Have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll have Freddie take us home. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. doctor is Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor and let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house.
see you next week.